Well, let's go straight back to our main story, that search for the submersible that's gone missing near the wreck of the Titanic with five people on board. Well, joining me live now is Rear Admiral John Morgan from the US Coast Guard. Also with me here in the studio is our science correspondent, Jonathan Amos. But let's go straight back uh, to the Rear Admiral. Thank you, first of all, for giving us your time when it is so valuable on a day like today. But uh, uh, in, in, the, in the first instance, bring us right up to date. What is your latest assessment? Uh, thank you uh, for the opportunity to uh, come on to the show today, Matthew. Uh, you know, this has been a very complex uh, and, and difficult case for all of us. Uh, but as we uh, continue to uh, actively search uh, for the submersible and the people on board, our thoughts are uh, with uh, the crew members and the families uh, who are, uh, I can imagine, having a, a very difficult time uh, at this point. And so we're working very hard uh, in a unified command uh, structure with uh, U.S. Uh, government agencies, including the uh, U.S. Navy, uh, with uh, Canadian uh, uh, agencies, including the Canadian Coast Guard and the Canadian Armed Forces, uh, and then also uh, with um, uh, private sector entities, including uh, the uh, Ocean Gate uh, expedition. And we're focused on bringing all assets available to bear uh, on uh, the search uh, for the submersible. Uh, this has happened in a uh, remote uh, location uh, off 900 miles off of our uh, coastline here in Cape Cod, uh, but within uh, the Coast Guard First District uh, search zone. And uh, so we have uh, prioritized efforts on both uh, a surface search uh, and then a subsurface search. Yes. And so we have two vessels with remote operated vessels. Uh, remote operated vehicles that are conducting subsurface search and we have aircraft and surface vessels that are conducting the surface search at this time matthew i'll come back to that in a moment but let's talk about the noise that was picked up by the p3 aircraft uh, i've read that it is standard submariners practice to to bang on the hull at the top of the hour at a half hour perhaps for three minutes so were the noises that were detective was that a one-off or, or was there any sort of pattern detected so uh, we're working very closely with uh, uh, leading acoustics experts, both here in the U.S. Navy and the Canadian Navy. And I've integrated a uh, U.K. Uh, submariner into uh, my command here in Boston, uh, thanks to the support from uh, the U.K. Consul General here in Boston, uh, Dr. Abbott, to make sure that we have uh, the expertise uh, that we need to understand uh, what that uh, noise signature is and what it's telling us. While that analysis is going on, though, we're not waiting to uh, target uh, remote operated vehicle uh, operations in the areas that uh, um, the sonar buoys tell us that uh, that noise is potentially uh, being uh, generated. And so we've relocated our uh, remote operated or the remote operated vehicles uh, on site to search in uh, those areas. Uh, but at this time, I don't have any confirmation of uh, what uh, the the noise is. But, but to be clear, Rear Admiral, was, was this a one-off or was it something persistent? So the sonar buoys uh, have been uh, flying, or the P-3 aircraft, uh, Canadian P-3 Aurora aircraft, have uh, been flying and dropping sonar buoys. 
and uh, we've picked up uh, uh, noise signatures on those sonar buoys, uh, and we are, are working through the analytics on that while we're already retargeting uh, the remote-operated vehicles to search search in those areas. But, but you and say so, plural, signatures, right? Signatures. You, you heard something more than once? So they're, they're, uh, the sonar buoys pick up uh, a number of noise, uh, and so we're looking at all of the information that's come in uh, through uh, the sonar buoys to understand uh, what that is. Uh, but again, retargeting uh, the, the on-scene assets to uh, focus in those areas. Right, but it was, of, of, well, it was sufficiently interesting, put it that way, for you to say, right, we, we, you know, we need to narrow a search over here to go investigate that. You know, this is a really complex uh, search and rescue uh, case. Uh, my uh, title and, and my lead prosecutor's uh, title for this is the uh, search and rescue mission coordinator. It's a reflection that we don't have uh, all of the assets and expertise in the Coast Guard to uh, prosecute a uh, complex uh, search like this. And so we've brought in a unified command uh, team of experts uh, from the U.S. Navy, from the Canadian Navy, uh, from uh, other uh, agencies to, to understand and, and um, act on the information uh, that, that's available to us. I'll ask you more about that in a second or two, but before I do, let me ask you, in terms of on a human level, give me a sense of what it is like, given what is at stake here, given the timeline, the time pressures you're working under. Yeah, our, our crews, uh, the women and men that are working the response uh, to uh, this case and uh, coordinating search and rescue and logistics operations are just doing an amazing job uh, across uh, both uh, the Coast Guard, the U.S. Coast Guard, the Canadian Coast Guard, the U.S. Navy, the Canadian Armed Forces, uh, and out uh, in the private uh, industry, the commercial operators that have deployed on scene. Uh, it is really a remarkable uh, effort. They're motivated uh, by uh, the, the chance, the, the hope to uh, find uh, that um, uh, submersible and the people on board, and, and we're motivated by uh, the family members because we understand how difficult that the, this is for them as well. And so we're working really hard uh, around the clock to bring uh, all capability to uh, bear uh, on this search uh, and hopefully uh, locate uh, the submersible and, and the people. Talk me through the practicalities of that because you've said that it's an incredibly uh, challenging complex tasks that you're facing. Effectively, you've got two operations going on, haven't you? You've got a search on the sea surface. You've also got a search underwater. And actually, if you locate this vessel, you've then got to try and get it up. There, there is a uh, complex series of operations that are going on uh, right now. Uh, our focus is on uh, that search piece because uh, we have to uh, first locate uh, the submersible and, and the people. And so we've had uh, aircraft uh, flying uh, over uh, the area uh, and they've searched an area that is uh, roughly the size here in the U.S. of the state of Connecticut. Uh, because if this were to, uh, if the submersible uh, surfaced, uh, it would be caught in uh, the surface current and winds and, uh, you know, over time that uh, expands uh, quite uh, dramatically. Uh, we have good uh, math and, and calculations to look at that, but we've been flying uh, in the air 
uh, with multiple aircraft. And then we've been prosecuting the uh, subsurface search as well. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had uh, ROVs uh, operating off uh, the Deep Energy and uh, the Scandi Finland. And today, those ROV operations continue. And, and tomorrow, we'll bring in even more uh, operations later later into the evening or later into the night and into uh, tomorrow morning uh, to uh, increase our capability. And so there's a lot of things at play here. In addition to that, it's, it's uh, focused on mobilizing all that gear to support the search. Uh, earlier this week, we loaded up uh, two C-17s with uh, uh, remote operated vehicle gear with uh, uh, trailer load or container loads full of remote operation vehicle gear, delivered it to St. John's, got it on a vessel of opportunity and got it out to the site. And so there's just a tremendous amount of work that uh, goes into this. But um, we're, we're really focused on that search piece and, and have the right experts to, uh, to uh, prosecute that search. Admiral, do you have a, a timeline now for, for when you think oxygen, um, all things being equal, will, will last on the sub? So uh, based on information that uh, the uh, operator uh, provided, uh, you know, they, they indicated that they have an emergency life support system on board to provide oxygen for approximately 96 hours. I understand that uh, that uh, is is a difficult uh, calculation to predict because it's based on uh, the number of occupants and, and uh, their consumption. Uh, but we uh, uh, are looking at uh, a period of time about uh, 20 hours from now uh, in, into uh, tomorrow morning that um, that uh, we may be at the end of that uh, 96 uh, hour uh, window. That said, uh, we are continuing to uh, put all available resources uh, into the search right now, and we'll continue to uh, prioritize uh, the search uh, as we go forward. And presumably, because time is so short, you have to game plan every scenario. If you find that sub in the next 20 hours, you're going to have to react to different situations, and you need to plan for those now. You know, if it's like this, this is how react. If it's like that, this is how we react, so that you can do things as fast as possible. We we have experts. Uh, while uh, our our unified command is uh, fully focused on uh, the search, uh, we have experts uh, that are working uh, those different uh, scenarios, and we've mobilized uh, gear on site. Uh, we have uh, a lift capability in the vessels that are on site now. We have additional lift capability uh, coming in. Uh, the Navy has uh, mobilized a, uh, a submerged object uh, recovery uh, system uh, that they have. Uh, and uh, the Canadian uh, uh, Armed Forces have uh, mobilized a uh, recompression chamber uh, with medical support. And so we're, we're uh, preparing for contingencies while remaining uh, laser focused on uh, the search uh, for the submersible and those people. Rear Admiral, just a couple of final questions. A difficult question, first of all, because you've got so many variables as you've taken us through. Is there a chance that these sounds that you've been talking about send you in the wrong direction? It's not them, but you've pivoted the search. It, it, this is a uh, incredibly uh, complex uh, uh, search to conduct. Uh, we're in uh, over uh, 3,500 meters of water uh, column there. 
uh, in an area that's remote, 300 miles from uh, Newfoundland and uh, 900 miles from uh, my coast here in Cape Cod. And so there's a lot of tremendous complexity involved. The way that we're trying to uh, manage that complexity is by, you know, uh, bringing in all of uh, the data that we can. And that's why we have uh, P3s launching sonar buoys and, and we're reacting to that. Uh, but we have a uh, Canadian uh, Coast Guard vessel on, on scene, the John Cabot, that has uh, uh, sonar capabilities to look at the bottom uh, as well. And so we're using all of those capabilities to try and uh, paint the best picture of uh, these complex operational conditions uh, for the experts uh, that are planning and, and coordinating and executing the search. And an equally difficult final question, how optimistic are you? So at, at this point, uh, we have to uh, continue to uh, search for uh, the submersible. Uh, we had a chance to uh, talk to the families last night about all of uh, the work that uh, we've been doing. Uh, and we understand uh, how difficult this is. Uh, we uh, understand from the emergency life support system that uh, there is a possibility. And so we are uh, prosecuting this to uh, the fullest of our ability, uh, bringing as many assets as we can to bear on this uh, and, and different assets. So we were able to uh, collect different information and be prepared uh, for uh, contingencies as well. Rear Admiral, we're going to leave it there, but we are extremely grateful for your time and obviously good luck uh, with the remaining search. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on BBC News. Thank you, Matthew.